ברוכים הבאים בשם השם ברכנוכם מבית השם Welcome to our Wednesday night share Brought to you every Wednesday night Live from Brooklyn, New York Baruch Hashem, Shachiyonu Vikimonu Vigiyonu, I guess we should say Extremely happy this week as we celebrated the bris of our grandson in Geneva, Switzerland. Marachai David. And I, Baruch Hashem, merited to be the Sandik. I'd just like to bless everyone as the Sandik blesses at the time. I guess it'll carry over yet to bless everyone with long and happy life. It should be simchas by everyone. Only happy occasions with happiness. This week... This week is Pasha's Ember. Today is Pesach Sheni. Also the day of the yard site of Reb Meir Balanes. Reb Meir Balanes, who had said many occasions person should give, if ever they're in a strait of any sort, they should give tzedakah, and they should say, Elika de Rabbi Meir Anena. God of Meir, answer me, and they will be answered. The story is told of he himself had gone to save a certain girl, a Jewish girl, he was a sister-in-law of his who was captured and was put into a improper place for children, for girls for women and he said if she is upholding and she's keeping with the religion she'll be fine miraculously will be saved but if God forbid not there's nothing I could do for her. And as he entered, he asked for this particular girl. And she met him and she told him that she was menstruating and could not do anything with him. And no matter what excuses, no matter how he tried, there was no convincing her. At which point he saw she was indeed a special Jewish child. And he bribed the guard to let this child go. The child was frightened. The guard was frightened. And the guard said, 
my superiors will come, they'll find out what I did, and I'll be dead. To which he said, here's money for you and money for them, and if it doesn't work, and if they give you any trouble, if they later want to punish you, just say, He said, you're making fun of me. Remeyer said, watch, and he went out to a bunch of pack of wild dogs, and he taunted the dogs, and as the dogs came to attack him, he called out, and he was immediately saved. Lo and behold, the guard agreed, and the girl was let free. But when he was later brought, the guard was brought to trial for allowing the bribes, even though he gave bribes to all the other officials. But when the bribes ran out, they took him to task, and he was judged to be hung. And with the noose around his neck, he reminded himself what Ebmeya said, and he called out the words. And as he called out the words, the noose snapped. Everybody saw the major miracle before their eyes, and he was saved. Today being the Bimea Balanes' yard site, Schusa Yaganalenu. May we all see in the Kai that Bimea should be Anena, should answer us to our ultimate and most steadfast prayers of the coming of Mashiach Kenu tonight. Amen. Pasha's Emoir is full with the holidays, the Yom Tevim. And again in that same vein, most importantly, the Pasuk that says, I will be sanctified amongst the children of Israel. There was a chassid of David Tzichain. The chassid of the Rav of Chernigov. He knew of a rare manuscript, a chassidish manuscript of chassidic philosophy, shall we call it, that was bound with both spines and it was in the house of the Alter Rebbe. On the cover it said, Chedim Rabbeinu Geshem, which means that there's a ban from Rabbeinu Geshem, anyone should open this, the secrecy of these documents, are invoked in such a way, should anyone open and read them, they will lose this world and the world to come. Fire broke out in the home of the Alter Rebbe, and this burke, like many others, was consumed. And the Alter Rebbe went to his son, the Mittler Rebbe, and he said, did you ever peek into this manuscript? He said, no. 
says, please tell me you did, please tell me that you saw something, you can remember one maimah, you can remember something from this thing, and you'll revive me. To which he said, but Tata, it says on the book, that whoever reads from this book will be banned from this world and the world to come. How would I have the audacity to read? To which the Altarebbe said, What are you talking about? Isn't the discovery of fresh manuscripts worth such sacrifice? Isn't it worth to have Mesiris Nefesh lose your world and world to come a be to learn a new piece of Chassidus? But they didn't. They were all too scared. Nobody ever opened the book. Therefore we see that Venikdashti is a very, very high level. There was once a Yid, a simple householder, who came from the city, Tomashov. And he was, one day he heard very interesting news. He heard that Menachem Mendel of Kotsk became a Rebbe. He couldn't understand it. He said, he was born here in Tomashov together with me. We went to Cheder together, we were little. How could he have become a Rebbe? The Chassidim, the Kotzke Chassidim heard that he went together with Cheder, with the Rebbe. They immediately started to pry. To find out something, something. Tell us something he did as a child. Finally, he said, and it's interesting to note this story this week as well, that once on Lagbaime, the children were going up as an, on an outing. His whole group, the Rebbe, took them up to the mountains for a picnic. They came back and they realized he was missing. They went back to look for him. And they found this little boy stretched out, his arms and legs outstretched, Calling out Levi Ubisari Yiranu Kelchai El Kelchai. My heart, my flesh sings praises to the living God. Only as a little child already he was already calling out in this way. To which they understood therefore that this child was special already as a child. So to become later a Rebbe, a Kotzke Rebbe, it was no shock. Talking of little infants, that's how the Pasha begins. Emer And Rashi immediately explains why does it repeat, what the repetition is for. Emer and Amarta, twice to say the word Emer and Amarta, and Rashi says, Emer ve'amarta la'azir g'daylim alaktanim. To warn about the youngers for the elders. By the Herikirushna, there was an interesting custom, a family custom. And that was each little baby boy from 30 days old started wearing scissors.
30 days old, they started to wear tzitzis. It once happened, one of his infants, name was David Meisha, who later became to known as David Meisha Charkiv, could not be calmed down. Cried and cried, he wouldn't nurse, he wouldn't, he wouldn't rest, he wouldn't sleep, he just kept crying. The mother was at wit's end with him, and the mother wanted to go take him to a doctor. But before she took him to the doctor, she came to the Hedek Rizhina to tell him. And the Rizhina said, Ha, Mistama, he's not wearing tzitzis. And she checked and she took his saw, she forgot to put on his tzitzis. She put him on tzitzis and he calmed down. From that day on, his brother used to call him the tzitzis yid. He got a nickname as the tzitzis yid. But again, we say Emer ve'amarta. This is the, therefore we see the lessons that we learn from the children themselves. The child teaches the adults as well. We know that there's pshat, remez, drush, and said. Four ways of learning the Torah. Let us explain Emer ve'amarta. Amarta the Hazir Gidelim Alaktanim to warn, says Rashi, Lahazir. Let us explain the words of Rashi through Derek Remez. Rashi uses the word Azhara, a warning. What does the warning entail? The word Azhara also comes from the word Zayar. And ur to light up. Therefore, he's hinting here the form of influence and study that the elders have to teach the children. It has to be in a way of bringing closer and lightening up the face. And we see this also from the Torah. Because the Torah does not say Daber to speak, but rather Emer. Emer and Amarta, we know, are a softer way of expression. Whereas whereas Daber is a harsher force, harsher form of expression. Vayedaber, Daber, etc., are already a little more of a harsher level. Another thing that we add, that this comes to hint the learning and the influence of Ketanim, of young children, it adds also in the light by the teacher as well. The one that is teaching also gains from teaching this child.
begins by teaching the child. We see from the Lashon of the Hazir, that what is the warning that takes place here of the Ketanim, of the G'daylam of the Ketanim? It's through the Ketanim that the Chazal, the sages, tell us that when the child comes forth and says, I learned Torah from this master, from this teacher, says, say the sages, that this ultimately lights up the eyes of the both both the teacher and the student. This is a very, very integral part of Chinuch. Integral in that we see from here how important it is for us to educate a child. And not only does it educate the child, but we ourselves always learn if we listen to what we are saying. For example, making a bracha. We teach a child before they eat to make a bracha. Where does this come from? Again, in our parsha it says, the kohen and the kohen, ki yikne nafshei kinyan kaspehu yechobe, as he will purchase nefesh kinyan kaspeh that he can eat from these fruits that he has purchased. The Gemara Masech des Brachas for those keeping score at home, 35a, Lamed Hei Amir Aleph. The Gemara says, Kol Hanenem Elamazeh, Belei Bracha, Kilu Mol Bekod Sheshemayim, Shenem Al Hashem Haaretz Umleya. Anyone, that has a pleasure, that has pleasure from anything in this world without a blessing, is as if he defaces the sanctifications of heaven. As it says, La Hashem Ha'aretz Umleya. The entire world is full of the Almighty's glory. You have to understand, what does the bracha help? It belongs to the Almighty. How come the bracha takes away from desecrating the Almighty? Does it, making a blessing on this item, does it take away the holiness from it? Does it take away the ownership of the Almighty and thereby becoming void of anything and having and be able to now be consumed? What is it actually doing? And this din, therefore, can be understood from this Pasuk. This which the Kayan then has, since it's considered Kinyan Kaspoi, something that his money, his personal purchase, and therefore when it becomes his personal item, who yechel bay? He may eat from it. 
that he now has the permission to eat from the truma and from the kachim, from all that was brought in the holy temple, we can say therefore, just like the kayan now is able to elevate and take what belongs to the Almighty and eat this, that through a bracha, by saying, our God, the King of the world, the person recognizes that he is the servant of the Almighty. As a servant of the Almighty, he's allowed to have hana, he's allowed to have pleasure from the Almighty's product. Just like the Kayan has permission to eat the truma. And therefore, by saying a bracha and concentrating on what we are saying with Hashem, we elevate this to a level that now becomes, we become, of such a level and such a magnitude that we are able to consume something of the Hashem, of Hashem's. We mentioned before today is Pesach Sheni. The motto of Pesach Sheni is Nishdok and Fafalm. It's never lost. A person can always fix it. A person can always do tshuva. A person can always retract. A person can always repair whatever the person had done. And we see this classically from what actually transpired in the Torah when this mitzvah was brought about. Torah tells us there were people that were Tomei the Nefesh. They became Tomei from touching a corpse. There are different opinions how they became Tomei. Whether it were the people that took out the sons of Aaron, whether it be the people that carried the bones of Yosef. Or both. But it came to the holy mitzvah of Karim Pesach, and they were not able to do it. They were not able to fulfill the mitzvah of Karim Pesach. Thank you. Give me a copy of myself. They could not fulfill the mitzvah Karim Pesach. They were Tamil and Efesh. They needed the purification. The spraying of the purification of the Paraduma. Thank you. But at that moment, when the people were bringing Karim Pesach, they were not eligible. They came, therefore, to Meshe Rabbeinu with a tremendous yearn and pain. The battle cry was Lama Nigara. Why are we worth than anyone else that we are not meriting to bring this karma? Moshe was baffled. 
Moshe did not have an answer for them. So the Torah tells us that Moshe turned to the Almighty and said, What do I say? Now Moshe was a very, very special Neshama. Moshe was very, very holy. Moshe Rabbeinu was our teacher. But Moshe Rabbeinu, because he was in such a high level, did not have much, shall we call it, leeway when it came to doing things. That leeway that we are given, that we are blessed with, that leeway that sometimes we get away with certain things because we're not at a, such a high level. Masha'enkim, Meshur Rabbeinu did not have that. And because Meshur Rabbeinu did not have that, <coughs> every word that he mentioned, he was kept culpable for. And namely, when the Torah, when Moshe was starting to give out and teach the mitzvahs, Moshe sat himself in judgment. And sitting alone in judgment, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Anything that will be too hard for you to understand, bring to me. To which the Almighty said to him, Moshe, do you really think you are the ultimate sage? And that you are the one that has an answer to everything? <laughs> to which Moshe was punished. What was Moshe punished with? Moshe was punished that when there are certain times in the Torah, certain questions presented to him that he did not remember the answer, did not know the answer. Twice. One such case was with B'nai Tzlavchad, the daughters of Tzlavchad, and the other was with Pesach Sheni. And both cases, Meisha turns to the Abishta and says, what do I say? Okay. And the Abishta said, that the Jews should not fret. We will make 30 days from Pesach a second Pesach. And by this second Pesach they can do, they can manage to rectify and fix whatever they had run into now. And hence... The lesson of Pesach Sheni to us is as Nishdok and Fafalm. We can always fix, whereas we are, for, we feel forlorn, forsaken, and we feel that we don't have any hope, and that we don't have any way of getting out of our mess that we're in. Says the Almighty, no, there's no such thing. There's a Pesach Sheni for everyone. And whether it be going to a yeshiva, whether it be doing tshuva 
for something they forgot. Didn't say Shmonesse, didn't have Maidiv, didn't have Mincha. There's always a way to make it up. Kansfira is not such a simple thing to make up because you don't have to make a brach anymore. But if you, did, if you didn't count the Omer by night, and you remember during the course of the next day, then you can fix that, so that you can continue making a bracha. Speaking of which, we learn back into our Pasha, <coughs> where our Pasha talks about Svira Saima as well. Does it mention me too in there? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Tisperu Chamishim Yem, says the Torah. Mentions Sviras Eimer, you should count for 50 days. Now, you're more than welcome to go out there and get a collection of different Nuskhoyas of Sudurim. You can get an Ashkenaz, a Sfad, a Sephardic, a Chabad, Hashem, whatever one you want. And you can turn to the back of the Chumash, of the Siddur, or look after my, it depends where they place it. There's the blessing, Baruch Atah Hashem, Lekeinu Malachelam, Sheikilishanu B'mitzvaysu V'tzivanu, Ha'asfira Sa'imer, and the counting of the Imer. And look in any Siddur you want, in any Nusach you want, and you will notice there are 49 days. When we look in the Tater, the Tater tells us, Tispiru Chamishim Yem. You should count 50 days. Where is the 50th day? <laughs> I guess we go back to the, to the old riddle that we haven't told many, many years of the mathematical problem that they came up with in school the three people that went into a hotel they paid together for a room they paid for one room for three people $30 they were charged $30 they put down $30 each one paid $10 and it was $30 for the room three beds then the hotel manager realized, no, it's not 30 it's only $25, this room. Mm-hmm. What an honor. Push the wire. They thought it was $30. They went up to the room. They said, okay, they paid $30 for the room. But then... The manager realized, no, the room is only $25. So he took $5 and gave it to the bellhop to give it back to the people. The bellhop said, $30, $5, three people, the math is not going to go. I'll give each guy back $1 and I'll keep two. So they each paid $10. They got back a dollar change. So now they each paid $9. Nine times three is twenty-seven. The bellhop took two dollars. Is twenty-nine. So where's the thirtieth dollar? Did you get it? What did you get? They paid thirty dollars for the room, and then the 
manager realized it's a $25 room. So he sent back $5 for them. But the bellhop said they're not going to understand how to divide $5 nickels and pennies between three people. So he had pity on them. He gave each one back a dollar. Didn't tell them what the price was. So originally they paid $10 each. Now they got a dollar change each. They paid $29. They paid $9 each. $9 each, 3 times 9 is 27. How about another one? The bellhop took $2 is 29. is $29. Where's the 30th dollar? In Sadaka. How about I tell you another one? There's ten fishes, five trout. Two of us come back to life. How many fishes do you have? Okay. I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> no, no, I've got to get back into this. <laughs> yeah. The answer ultimately with this is that there were $30 paid, and he gave back $5, so now it became $25 was paid. $25 was paid, the $5 he's holding in his hand. He gave one to each person, becomes 28. He took two, is 30. We can't do the math the other way. The other way, the math is backwards. It doesn't work. Math doesn't make sense. Math doesn't make sense to you. Does it make dollars? Make shekels. Shekels, there you go. Uh-huh. Unless, you're, unless you're in Prague in the hotel trying to find food. <laughs> then you don't want shekels. I was in Prague. I was in Warsaw. Oh, Warsaw. Okay. Same. Um, so back to our question if we look in the Tera the Tera tells us count 50 days but nobody said that there's 50 days there's only 49 days It's brought down in Svarim that the 49 days that are counted are in conjunction with the 49 levels which are known as Sharebina. That a person can grasp the understanding of service to the Almighty. When a person gets to the level where he completes all the 49 that he receives now from above in a form of a gift he now gets the 50th one when a person gives the 49 does all, has all 49 accomplishes all 49 levels of Bina the fifth one is given. So therefore we see the 50. <laughs> the fact is though, that from the Torah it tells us, Tisperu Chamishim Yim, count 50 days. It doesn't say count 49 and get a bonus. It says count 50. So the person himself has to reach and ascertain the level of 50. So first you have to understand something else. What is this Sharach HaMishim? What is this 50th level? There's a holy Sefer called Tehlus Yaakov Yosef. In the Sefer of Tehlus Yaakov Yosef, he brings down the name of the Vashem HaKadosh. 
that the Shalach Hamishim is an opening and a beginning to the higher 50 levels, higher 50 gates. And this goes on and on forever to higher and higher levels. So therefore the person Oh, that was stupid. You cheese peach? When the person therefore reaches to that 50th level, receives the 50th level, he has to therefore start the 50 that is above it. And this is therefore this gate this first gate for the new set of 50 goes into the level of Tispiru, of a Jew counting. Because he's counting on building up and rising up to that higher level. The Yom Tevim I mentioned in this parasha, as we said before. Thank you. Chag HaMatzis, Chag HaSukais, Chag HaShavuais, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, thank you. But in the, when it comes to the end of the Pasha, talking about the Yom and Tevim, we find when it comes to Chag HaSukais and Chag HaMatzis, the Torah does not mention in the same way. By Chag HaPesach it says, By Chamisha HaSiyem LaChedish Ezeh, Chag Hamatzah On the 15th day of this month, it's called a Chag Hamatzah. And therefore, the Pater tells us immediately, Shivas Yam For seven days, you should eat Matzah. However, when it comes to Chag Hasukis, it mentions the 15th day of the 7th month is Chag HaSukis. Chamisha Ose Yem Lachedish HaShvi Hazeh Chag HaSukis Shivas Yom Lashem And it doesn't bring down about Basukis Teshu Shivas Yom The Basukis Teshu Shivas Yom that's sitting in the Sukkah, dwelling in the Sukkah 7 days is only at the end of the Pasha. The drinking Shivas in the Sukkah 7 days? Yes, that's what we talk about always, sukkahs. We drink shivas and we say it's a sukkah drink, because the Torah says, Basukah Teshu Shivas Yamim. Yes, that is an ongoing joke for 127 years. The also that joke. There you go. The joke. They can't. <laughs> yeah. No, because they say shivat. Uh, the word shivas comes from Teshu. Ah, I see, yes, that's In America, it's like it's. Shivat. But they say, you know. Tisha B'Av, it's all the same thing. It's, you know, it's well, no, can I show you the Tisha B'Av? No, send the money. If you have lemons, if you see lemons, you make lemonade. If life gives you lemons, if life gives you lemons, you make, make lemonade. lemonade. Yeah, if life gives you melons, you know you're dyslexia. Um, you have dyslexia. You suffer from dyslexia. Okay. 
I'm just too carried away from that. He's still he's jet lagged. He's sleeping already. So we want to know now what is the difference. By Chaga Matzah, it talks about seven days of matzah, and therefore, seven days of Chaga Matzah, so therefore we should eat matzah. Mashenki, when Sukkot comes, it talks about the seven days of Sukkot, but it only mentions much later in the Pasha about sitting in the Sukkot. Why is that? That's what we want to know. Maybe we could say that there's a tremendous difference, really, between the two holidays. The fact is, this pasuk calls it Chagamatzis. We understand simply, the Yom Tif was not set aside because we have to eat matzah. It wasn't made so to eat matzah. But because on this 15th day of of Nisan is Yimei Tzeis Chameretz Mitzrayim is the day that we left Egypt Mashenki in Sukkot doesn't come at the time of Chedesh Nisan when they sat in the Sukkot outside in the desert but rather it comes much later in the year and therefore it doesn't have that special concept why we're sitting in the Sukkot It's sorry. It's not connected with any, with the Yitzias Mitzrayim, but rather connected with the fact that we're sitting in the sukkah this time. Why? Teres says the Manyedu Teresechem. So all the generations should know. Because in the sukkahs you were sat, sat. Therefore, perhaps now we can understand this. When the pasuk mentions the commandment of Achilas Matzah right after the Chagam Matzah Lashem. It comes to tell us that the entire reason for Kriyas, the reason that this holiday was called Chagamatzis, is a side thing. It's a side entity. Only why? Because we were commanded to eat matzah. But the real, in, the real intricate part of this holiday is the fact that he may say some merit in time. But this is not a time, this is not a reason why this holiday was established. It's that the matzahs is not the reason, but rather the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the reason. Mashenka, when it comes to Chag is, I don't have to explain to you why it's called a Yom Tiv in this name, but the whole foundation of this Yom Tiv is to remember Basukah Seshafti through the idea of sitting in a Sukkah. This week, Pirkei Avais, it's Perik Revi. And we have the second mission of Perik Revi. Ben Azai says, 
One should run to perform even as easiest of mitzvahs and should always flee from an Avera from a transgression. Why, he says, he gives the reason, because a mitzvah brings out another one, brings about another one, and a sin does the same. But then he goes on to give another reason. Shashar mitzvah, mitzvah. The reward for a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Shashar aveda, aveda. And the recompense of a sin is a sin. Now it's not just giving us here run to perform a mitzvah. But rather we should perform a mitzvah with joy, with vigor, vitality. Even a mitzvah that seems so insignificant. But who are we to judge if a mitzvah is simple, is significant, easy, not, yes. But any mitzvah that it might be should be done with enthusiasm, devotion, fully. Why? Because mitzvah gereres mitzvah. Because once a person does a mitzvah, once the person is in the mode of doing a mitzvah, the person's modems and system moves on, forges ahead. Um, those peanuts are from the bris. It's a school to eat from a bris. Okay. I just remembered. The peanuts. I don't know why that's what my wife wrote. No, no, for you. I was there. I was at the bridge. I uh, merited to be the sandak. Uh, you, I told you, you call me and I'll be the sandak too. Yeah, you wouldn't pay the $900 to fly there. $900 is nothing. $900 is nothing. Yeah, I know. you got to figure out how to get a car now. I have a car. Okay, good. Well, just gave him the car. You just threw it away like a... What is it? Yeah, he does cars. Who, oh, you? Yes. One mitzvah brings about another mitzvah. The mission is teaching us quite casually. When a person fulfills a mitzvah, it automatically makes him capable. It gives them the possibility of being able to do other mitzvahs. What does that mean? What does a mitzvah accomplish for a person? The mitzvah accomplishes what's known as tzavsa v'chibur. It attaches the person to the Almighty. And therefore, by doing the first mitzvah, you automatically are attached to the Almighty. And therefore, you can continue doing such. And that's why, says the Mishnah, that the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. That every single person who wants to know what is, what's in it for me, right? What's in it for me? Has to realize that by doing a mitzvah, 
they are forging the infinite bond with the Abishta, with the Almighty. And this gives Hashem immeasurable satisfaction. We don't understand God, and we don't definitely do not understand God's satisfaction or pleasures. But we're telling a person, therefore, that by us doing a mitzvah in this world, we are causing the Almighty tremendous pleasure. And once the person realizes that he is doing as such, that he is causing the Almighty such pleasure, (coughs) the person automatically is prepared and enjoys giving that extra commitment. Or we could say, actually, that by reward of fulfilling a mitzvah is the opportunity to do a, perform another mitzvah. Since our life is dedicated to this one goal of connecting and getting closer with God, then what more satisfying thing could there be than performance of act, something that's going to strengthen our connection? And therefore it's best rewarded with a connection of another mitzvah. On the other hand, we said though, one sin brings about another. <laughs> this teaches us how careful we have to be from even the smallest lavera. Because the slightest sin can cause to bring us about to the most serious. Because the Yetzirah does not work on an open basis saying to a person, go sin, rather the Yetzirah starts with the smaller sin and starts to convince the person to do something on a lesser level than they usually do. And this ultimately causes the person to fall deeper and deeper into the abyss of the of the into the web of the Yetzirah. Amongst the many things of this week's parsha, as we said before, is the kachtan v'chem ba'yemerishin pri'etzader kapis tamarim anaf eitz. The four different minim, the four species that are taken. But ultimately, we make the bracha on the tilas lulav. And lulav is not the one of the four species that has a taste and a smell. However, as going in, in conjunction with what we just spoke, the lulav is the one that represents teda, even if it doesn't have the maizim tevim, doesn't have the good deeds. But since the person is enveloped and developed, is wrapped around and delves into Teda, therefore the person can ultimately accomplish what the person has to accomplish in the world. This Sunday, Mir Tashem, is Lag Yay! The Schus of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. The merit of the Holy Tana, my Haitana, 
Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. We've spoken many times. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai goes Lashita Sai. According to his opinion, which he therefore says, because this is my opinion, Harani Peter Kalailam Kulim and Adin, I would. The din was in my favor. The entire world would be exonerated from any kind of punishment. Where is his favor? Where does he argue? He argues when it comes to Masech to Shabbos. The Yimara tells us Hamachlekes Shnayim Shesu. Two people did something jointly. Zayniyachol v'zayniyachol. Neither of them was able to do it themselves. They carried a piano from a Rishayachid to Rishayachid, from one domain to another. But neither of them could have done it on their own. They needed to, Each one needed the other. Most opinions say they are still culpable. Rabbi Shimon says, the Gemara says, Potter. Rabbi Shimon, this Rabbi Shimon, is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And which he says, Potter, he says that they are not culpable for this. Because since neither could do it on their own, and therefore he goes according to that belief, and he says that the Nishama, Hatahera, the holy soul which our body embodies, cannot possibly do a sin. Because it comes directly from God. The body itself is Adam Yusaydimiafar is earth goes to earth. And therefore neither the soul nor the body on its own could do a sin. Rabbi Shimon says Potter. And so here too, on this Lakbaimer. We should merit in the schus of Rabbi Shimon by Yechai. Where many miracles have taken place on this day. And one such miracle that we should see is all women that are in need of the blessing of children should be blessed. Amen. Which is a very, very big thing that would take place. The Rebbe would stand on... We go to the mikveh before going... To the Ohel. And the Rebbe would stand, and women that did not have children, would come to stand outside and get a bracha. The Rebbe would give nickels. And each and every one was helped. Each and every one was blessed. And therefore, also on this day, once again, the blessing should come down onto each and every woman that needs. And we should also see. Any other Yeshuas in the schus of Rabbi Meir Balanes today, in the schus of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai on Sunday, that we should see the ultimate miracle, the ultimate blessing, which is the redemption, Ayudei Mashiach Tzidkenu, and we should be all joined together in the major parade, in Yerushalayim, Ira Kodesh, L'chaim, and Shabbat Shalom to all.